Welcome back to Bontroversial. Appreciate y'all checking in with me. We're about to kick off Season 4, Episode 2. It's that time of year, so we're going to go ahead and get into the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals and how they played out. Uh, kind of my analysis and my assessment on it. But yeah, I appreciate y'all tapping in. I'm going to go ahead and get straight to it. We're going to talk about the Eastern Conference, Western Conference Finals. Also going to get into a preview of the Finals, and then... Um, we'll talk a little bit about the draft lottery and, you know, what's to come in the NBA draft here in June. So, yeah, so I wanted to kick it off. We're going we gonna to say the best for last, trust me. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to get into that Western Conference final series with Denver and the Lakers. So Lakers come in as a seventh seed. Obviously, Denver's the one seed. Denver favorite. Um, myself, personally, I had the Lakers. I like the way they're playing against Memphis. I like the pieces they had this year off the bench, and I like the way that their starters were playing alongside LeBron. Um, so I did think they could beat Denver. I thought that um, I thought they actually played well in every game for three quarters, three and a half quarters maybe. And, you know, that's what really separates Denver this year, I think. When you look at this Denver team, you see a lot of the same pieces, but you see Coach Malone having these guys finishing games in – you know, I got to give credit to Coach Malone because he's been there for a minute and he's finally got these guys to the finals. And I credit the organization for sticking by him. You see a lot of coaches these days that have won championships less than three years ago and they're losing their jobs. So um, props to Denver for sticking by Mike Malone. Props to the front office for putting the pieces around Joker. As you see, they have Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter, Jamal Murray playing out of his – Excuse me, Jamal Murray is not playing out of his mind. Jamal Murray is playing excellent basketball. He's very capable of playing. Um, so I love to see that from Jamal Murray. And then <clears throat> you got the Bruce Browns, the KCPs of the world, your utility guys that can give you a little bit of everything. Um, so those guys were able to, you know, when they came in, when they put that bench in, although that bench didn't average a lot of points this postseason, they didn't miss a beat. And Denver is a very well-run machine. Joker runs that first unit. I feel like Bruce Brown really runs that second unit. And, you know, they got a chokehold on that offense and how they run it. They're, they're a very well-oiled machine. So that would just gave the Lakers a lot of problems, especially in that altitude early. One of my good coworkers brought up a great point. Um, these games were three to four possessions or less with a couple minutes to go in the game. And that just goes to show you about execution and execution matters, especially down the stretch in the playoffs, especially in the playoffs, because you know that that team, when you're in that situation again, that team is able to close and they've closed you out before. So it's also a mental psyche that goes on with that, um, that I believe. LeBron, obviously, we saw him. I believe I was in game three, miss a dunk, you know, LeBron, you know, it was game two or three that he missed that dunk. A vintage LeBron dunk on Rock the Crater reverse. He missed it. I mean, the guy's 38, 39 years old. I mean, you can only ask so much of him. Play great in game four in the loss. But at the end of the day, they didn't – they just weren't the better team. There wasn't many areas that you can look at that they had the advantage. I personally thought AD would outplay Joker 
And when I say I'll play Joker, I don't mean stats-wise. <laughs> Not many or any, or if any, are doing that. But definitely be able to get stops, timely stops on the defensive end in, in all three of those games. I'm not saying that Joker determined them against AD in the matchup late in the game, but there were opportunities every time late in games where uh, if AD was on him, he had the potential to stop him or change the imprint of the game or how it went. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. You know, Joker was very exceptional throughout the whole series. Um, I, I hate to not get credit, but somebody made a great point. Oh, Damian Lillard on the Dodgy Live. Joker played the same way every night, man. Don't matter King Kong in front of him. Don't matter if a mouse in front of him. He's going to put that same work in. Um, and it and it sounds like, a, oh, all superstars do that whatever thing. But a lot of these guys play different night to night. A lot of these guys are, you know, we're all impacted by something externally or internally. So you always have to keep that in mind as well on top of the physical things that players deal with. But to see Joker come out there and seemingly be unfazed by that night in and night out, regardless of what's in front of him, regardless of the coverages, um, it's just exceptional. I mean, the dude can barely jump over a piece of paper, but he's giving you two MVPs. He could have gave you a third one. And then on top of that, he's leading his team to the finals. Um, me personally, I believe that Joker is the best European player to ever play this game. And um, I don't say that lightly with a lot of guys that have done it. But when you look at his body of work right now and, and what he's on the cusp of doing, um, you have to take that into consideration as, as being one of the all-time great European players. And I believe personally getting this championship will put him top um, top 20, top 30 all-time. And moving forward, as far as the Lakers go, I think the Lakers got to make a little tweaks. D'Angelo Russell seems to not be getting resigned. I would like to see them keep Lonnie Walker, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimara. Um, they have a very nice core that they can move forward with that's young. And when I say nice, I mean a nice core. Not one going you a championship, but when you can bring in superstar star pieces to build with them, that'll be great. Kind of like kind of like the Clippers were built a couple years ago when they had all those little assets and they just needed a Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, although that hasn't panned out. And although the Lakers have AD and LeBron, we know LeBron's on the back end. It's going to have to be another star to be next to AD. Who would that guy be? It all depends on when LeBron's time is up and what the market looks like at that time. Um, so I look forward to seeing that as well. Now we're going to get over to the Eastern Conference Finals. Woo! I mean, you see it on my head, man. I, I rock with them boys in green. I'm, I'm OKC to the death of me, but these last few years, I'm – I've been liking the way Boston play. I'm a huge Tatum fan. I love Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart from Texas. I mean, so, you know, I like how them boys get down. But I did not like how them boys is getting down in this series, um, regardless of how it went seven. You know, when you look at this series, Miami shouldn't even been up 3-0. Like, that's just that's straight like that. They They're not the better team. They aren't the better team but they play like the better team, and that's what matters most. It don't matter about the moment. Excuse me. It matters about the moment. It doesn't matter about what you have done, what your record has been, because when you look back at this, three minutes and I believe 50 seconds left, 
the Bulls were beating the Miami Heat in the play-in to get into the playoffs as an eight seed. And they took being down three with 350 left in a play-in game and are now sitting in the NBA Finals. Um, game one in Denver Thursday night. So that just go to show you, man, you can seize opportunity at any time. And Miami always felt that Miami never waived confidence. Um, there's a lot of issues I, I have with the way Boston played, but I'm going to get a heat credit first. Uh, Jimmy, you playing out your mind, brother. I salute you. Uh, know what you came from <laughs> and see what you made of it. So I definitely salute you. Um, killer in the first two series. Slowed up against um, Boston, but had timely, timely plays in all those games, regardless of how he played, regardless of how his field goal percentage looked at the end of the game. And that's what you want from guys. Everybody not perfect every night, gonna be not going to be perfect. But at the end of the day, you want your guys to make plays on both ends of the ball. And that's all you can ask for. And um, Jimmy's definitely been doing that. Jimmy's been exceptional at the free throw line, about nine to ten free throws a game. So um, he's giving it to you everywhere, really, but the three line. And he's still making up for that, um, putting up great numbers. And you have also a big reason the Heat won this series. Spoke coaching circles around Missoula. It's too, it's too easy. I'm gonna dive into it later, but two three zone. The switches on defense, attacking the glass consistently, attacking the glass consistently, moving without the ball, uh, great ball movement, and um, so 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 many things. But one thing I will say is that they Miami has the ultimate culture and they have the ultimate leaders in Pat Riley and their exposure, and you see that Jimmy is an extension of that on the floor, not only by being a leader, but the type of leader he is. Um, them boys feel them boys feel like they're never out of game. They they're gritty. They're real gritty. Like they can really, they really can muster some stuff up when they don't when they look left for dead. And um Eric Spolster knows that. That's why although I crack my jokes, hey they keep smiling this and this. Them boys are smiling because they've been there before. Jimmy's seen adversity. Jimmy's handled adversity. Jimmy's been through it, and he and he showed again that he's capable. And uh, honestly, looking looking back at it now, it's really it's so astonishing the self belief this guy has. I mean, to to lose in Game Seven last year, they might be right back here next year. And we're gonna win, and then you invite um, I'm not sure the girl's name, but you invite um, a guest to come to the NBA Finals before the season even start. That type of self-belief, um, it seems delusional. I'm not going to lie, it seems delusional, but some of the some of the smartest people in the world seem delusional until they made things happen. So um, I definitely salute Jimmy. I definitely want to give a shout-out to the unsung heroes, the 18-5 and five this postseason from Gabe Vincent. And Caleb Martin made more threes in this series then Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combined. That that says a lot on both sides. Definitely on both sides. Um, definitely surprising to see. Been keeping up with Caleb Martin since he was in high school. Him and his brother Cody, NC State, you know, uh, Nevada. They both did their thing. Shout out to them. But yeah, man, dude showed he was a gamer. I mean, he beat Boston Monday night. 
Like every time there was late shot clock, uh, uh, three or four seconds left, and it was right there to get a stop. Kayla Martin, Kayla Martin, Kayla Martin, Kayla Martin on the glass. Kayla Martin probably averaged more rebounds in this series than Bam. So now you have an emergence of another wing, which is really what makes this series intriguing between them and Denver, in my opinion, because you have Aaron Gordon, you have Michael Porter, you got Contavious Carwell Pope. You know, they got a lot of solid wings over there. So I'm I'm definitely interested to see um how Miami matches up. I definitely feel like um Denver has the advantage going into the series in game one with the series that Miami just came off of. But Miami's, I believe, on a five or six game win streaks in game ones. So don't count them out. And if you're a better, depending on the line, I haven't checked it. I would say don't don't be too afraid to take Miami Heat on the spread. They've been disrespected all postseason on the spread. Even the games that I picked the Celtics to win, I always pick Miami to cover the spread because they're a gritty team. You're not going to – you can blow them out every once in a while, but nine times out of ten, you're looking at a three-to-five, three-to-seven-point game when you're facing the Miami Heat. So that's just something that come with the territory with a – with a coach Spo team, you know what I'm saying? You know, I tip my hat to them. Congratulations uh, to Spo. Definitely underrated, definitely underappreciated, deserves more credit um, himself. And, yeah, so let's get over to the Celtics and the woes that they had. So my biggest issue with the Celtics is – where do I start? Where do I start? My biggest issue with the Celtics. I'm going to say Coach Missoula. I didn't want to go there. I hate to go there, but I, I got to do it. Uh, not saying that those other guys can't step up and play better, but you didn't have them boys ready to play in the game seven. And before that, you had them down 3-0. Nothing changed. Like uh, there, nothing, nothing changed from them being down three zero to tying it up three three. But them having the talent and being better and playing harder on defense. No X's and O's. No nothing behind the scenes. I can't. And I hate to bring this back up because it's over. But you could see the relationship is so different with the players with Missoula and Emma. It's apparent, it's evident when they go to the sideline. That doesn't mean there's animosity, but I don't believe that they believed in that man to lead them when they needed guidance. And I don't believe that man could really do it. And I don't believe that man is the man for the job, to be very frank with everyone. I mean, look how look how their pick and roll defense was. First of all, you was on the staff last year when Steph Curry, when they went under every fucking pick and roll in the finals. And Steph was busting their ass, and that's how they end up coming back and winning the finals with drop coverage and pick-and-roll defense. So you saw your team lose a championship like that last year as an assistant coach, and then you're going to let your team lose the same way. Why is Gabe, Why are they going under Gabe Vincent and he's an exceptional three-point shooter? Why are they dropping so far on Jimmy that he's able to get in the mid-range, and then Jimmy, just, then Jimmy gets the switch on Robert Williams and then pulls it out and then either goes all the way or stops for a pull-up Regardless, if he makes or miss, you have your rim protector and best rebounder out on the perimeter. So you're at a disadvantage. Um, 
I was very, very disgusted, very disgusted by the way that he attacked that two three. And and to me, it's part of to me, it's it's damn near 50-50 because I'm not saying I'm an NBA player at all, but I hooped a good long time. Niggas was not flashing to the middle on that two-three zone whatsoever. Niggas was not, and when niggas was flashing to the middle, there wasn't no off-ball action to keep the defense honest. That's why you did not see the middleman step up when they got the ball in the middle because there was no real action going on. There was no aggressive move to go to the rim, so you didn't you didn't make the defense shift. So they're just sitting there, and you could even see when the Celtics seen them going in a zone, you could see just like the body language, the stagnancy, the the confusion. And that and, and it just it just babbles me how you have so many talented guys um on the floor, but you can't get nothing going for them. You know, it reminds me of OKC a long time ago when they had um when it was when it was wrestling in KD. Like it was always sheer talent, sheer talent. And that's not always gonna get it done, especially against a coach like that. That not only is he a great coach, but every but in every series or seven out of ten series he's gonna be the coach with less talent and and, and guess what he does plays those player strength max Schultz, you're gonna spot up max Schultz, they want to get you out the three-point line okay one dribble you're gonna get to the paint we're gonna space the floor jimmy we can let you stay in front of the offense when you get your looks gabe vincent you can run the offense when you need to too Caleb martin you can take you can take who you need to one-on-one or we know you can spot up and shoot. See, they got a lot of spot up shooters, and they got two to three attackers, you know, in that in that lineup um, that really can get to the rim and Gabe Vincent, Martin, and Jimmy. So, you know, you know, they flew it and they and they play to that. On top of not having Tyler Hero, now granted, I personally believe that them not having Tyler Hero in that series is a blessing because he would have got his ass cooked. But at the same time, I can't say that because Spo would have went to his own. Which Spo did, um, so yeah, man, it, it was really sad to see that. Another thing that wasn't good to see, I didn't like, is that they weren't in no presets. Like, bro, I was running presets in high school, damn in middle school. When you got your two best players and the focus on them, you set up presets. Presets is early offensive action where you setting screens for your best player and you getting them open early in the offense. Like early, I'm talking the first five to ten seconds. That's a, that's the that's another issue with Boston too. If you're not gonna fucking have no offense, you need to be running your offense early and with pace. Marcus Smart already came out himself and said their offense is random. Okay, the cat's out the bag, but you niggas got to play with some pace. Y'all gotta y'all y'all gotta make the offense. I mean the defense think you gotta move the ball, Boston. And that's the thing, Boston stopped doing was moving the ball. That's why I cannot blame Missoula because moving the ball has nothing to do with offense. And they got so stagnant because of the zone. And then when they got out the zone, turning the ball over, going downhill, trying to split two, one to two to three defenders, um, and just really not being um aware of the moment. And those times in that game, it's particularly game seven, where they could have cut it to single digit, niggas dragging up threes. Niggas shooting early offense. Nobody's even on the rim to try to rebound. You're giving away possessions and you're down to a team that is savoring at the bit of every time you give away a possession and you're down because they know at the end of the day they're going to run their offense 
efficiently and they know you liable to turn the ball over and take a bad shot, especially in game seven. Jalen Brown with eight turnovers, brother, that's unacceptable. That's just unacceptable, bro. Eight turnovers. At one point, he had more than the whole Miami Heat team. And you're not even really a primary ball handler. Nah, bro, that's 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 not gonna cut it. Um, that's just not gonna do it, man. And I just think that Jalen Brown could benefit really a lot from a little more off ball movement and playing out the post more, um, and facing up a little more. You know, I think he likes to do a little too much wiggling on the outside, and that get him in trouble sometimes. So. I would like to see JB make a, a couple adjustments to his game because you definitely seen these same patterns last season. Um, but yeah, man, as far as the Celtics moving forward, obviously you got the Heat going to the finals. Tyler Hero looks to be coming back around game three. We'll see how true that is. We'll see how healthy he is. We'll see if he helps or hurts them in this series. One thing's for sure, Spo will know quickly and Spo will react quickly. Um, so I look forward to seeing that. And then moving forward for the Celtics, do you keep Jalen Brown? Do you move on? Do you got 295 M's that you want to invest in him moving forward? Uh that's basically saying you all in with with him and Tatum. Um yeah, that's five, six years. Tatum gonna get his too. So you got $600 million plus between two guys. Can you build a team around them? They haven't won yet. So I'm not going to say you need more, but you're going to need something. And having $600 million of your money tied up, can you get those somethings to Boston is what I'm not sure about right now. And I don't want to have a knee-jerk reaction, but I'll say this. If Dame is on the table, if you Boston, you got to go get him. You got three to four years of Dame Prime. And then he want to ring batters to anybody. And um, I think that's a move that you have to make. Love Jalen Brown. Love what he's done for Boston. Love, the, love his character. Love the type of guy he is. But when it's a when it's a player like Dame on the market to pair with Jason Tatum, and you and the caliber of player Dame is at this moment, putting Marcus Smart alongside of him, you got Brogdon, you got White, uh, you, you're looking at a you're looking at a real powerhouse, man. You're looking at a real powerhouse. I know people might have some questions on the defensive end, but. I think that they the Celtics have enough defense. I think when you can bring a guy in, no offense to Jalen Brown, that's averaging 22, but now you got a guy averaging 30, close to 30. Uh, now you got two guys that can give you 40 or 50 any given night. And the way that Dame can space the floor is going to do – would, excuse me, do wonders for Tatum. Um, I would entertain the number three pick – and Anthony Simons, I would entertain it. But you don't know who's going to be at number three. And you do know when you take a rookie, good, bad, or indifferent, nine times out of ten, there's a growing process. 
that's not going to cut off your championship window, but expectations are going to have to be dialed back to a certain degree. Um, so I, I think the better deal is the deal to get Dame. I would do the deal. And then also, depending on the pieces, although I'm very less likely to do it, I'm sure they'll listen to Atlanta. They know Jay. They they know JB is from Atlanta. They'll listen to it if he if that's something that he really wants to do. And uh, you got DeAndre Hunter. You got Dejounte Murray. Uh, they'd have to throw in a plethora of their core pieces. I feel like to get him. Uh, but who knows if they're willing to pull the trigger? Still got to see what we're looking at with Trey Young as well. Moving forward on that. Because apparently Trey Young is in some rumors. But we'll go ahead and get into the finals real quick, man. So we're looking at the finals. I think when you're looking down the board, you're looking at forwards. I'm going to give the edge. Actually, to me, that's probably even. And Gordon, Michael Porter, Jimmy Butler, Caleb Martin. Now, granted, Caleb Martin and Jimmy Butler have been playing better, but I'm just, I'm not, actually, I have a bold prediction I'll say for the end. But I just think that Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter would play better in this series. If if it was a pick em, which I love my pick I would pick Jimmy Butler and Caleb Martin, of course. Uh, when I look at the bigs, obviously, we're going to favor the Heat. When I look at the guards, we're going we're gonna to favor Denver. Yeah, we got Jamal Murray, KCP, Bruce Brown, Reggie Jackson. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're deeper at the guard play. Obviously, you get a coaching advantage to Miami. Um, which they've had the coaching advantage shit all postseason. It's both damn near the best coach in the league, really. Like, no cap. I mean, I would at this point I would put him over Pop. Um, he's he's shown incredible longevity with with averaging above average players for the most part on his roster these these past few seasons uh, in its totality. So I definitely give him that edge. I just think that. The Nuggets offense is is real deal, and I think that they'll be a, a well-oiled machine and efficient. I trust – I don't trust Mike Malone to out-coach necessarily spoke, but I do expect him to make an adjustment with a team that's already better than Miami to be able to uh, answer when it's time to answer because Miami will make you answer. Once you throw your punch, Miami will counter. And, and I believe that if you don't have a counter for their counter, then they will continue on. But I think that Mike Malone will have a counter. And I think that the counter may be in the first punch, which is Joker. And I just they might just not have an answer. And, and to not have an answer for him is treacherous. Like he could really give you 30, 20, and 15. Maybe, maybe close to those numbers every night. So they got to find something to do with him. But they can't double him. I seen him play in person. It, it's not, it's not a pass he cannot make. It's not a pass he cannot make, and it's not a pass that Denver won't make because they're a very unselfish team that plays off the ball. So now you got the Aaron Gordon's in the dunker spot. 
You got the you got the Mike um you got the Michael Porter spotting up. You got the Jamal Murray spotting up or waiting to get the ball to create as well. Um, I think something that's gonna be a lot of trouble for the Heat, which was a lot of trouble for the Celtics with the Heat, is the pick and roll defense. Um that pick and roll with Joker in in Jamal Murray is unstoppable. If if Murray comes off the corner, he has it, he'll take it. If Murray doesn't have it, um, he can kick it back to Joker, even if he's trailing in the pick and roll. And Joker can catch it, and he got both corners, or he can go up with the floater. Um, so they they they're really lethal, man. If he don't have both corners, he can, he can catch Gordon in the slashing in the dunker spot or create his own offense. I just think they have a lot of stuff that it's gonna be hard for Miami to answer, and they got a couple greedy guys on there that when the game gets when the game gets ugly, when you got to get loose balls on the floor, you got your KCPs, your Aaron Gordons, your Bruce Brown that are really gonna grind when it's time to grind with Miami, and um, I think that will, I think that will propel them in this series. I have this series going six games. Um, I got Denver closing it out in six. I got Denver in game one. Um, going into the altitude will be a motherfucker for sure, for sure, for sure, in game one. So they'll have to get adjusted to that. That's not nothing Spoke can really do about that. Obviously, you know, Spoke been around the game a long time. He probably do got some tricks up his sleeve. Had them boys ready for that altitude. Um, but, yeah, man, it's definitely going to be a, a really good series. These teams are more evenly matched than, than it looks on paper. Obviously, Miami has proved that all postseason. So, I definitely look forward to seeing this series. Not the teams I expected, uh, but hey, you got to expect the unexpected sometime. I love the game, so I look forward to seeing it. What I will say, though, now, and I will say this, I have Denver in six, but my bold take is that the Miami Heat win the finals. Caleb Martin will be the finals MVP. And yeah, man, but that's going to do it for me today. I appreciate you all tapping in. I appreciate everybody helping me with the relaunch. Um, it's been a while coming, man, but we back consistent. We're going to be dropping every Tuesday. I look forward to providing y'all with visuals and more content, man. Y'all make sure y'all hit that like subscribe button. Y'all make sure y'all check it out on audio. Whatever floats your boat, you know, I appreciate the support either way. God bless you all. I'm out.